Hi, everybody. Welcome to a new podcast. This is a new podcast here with my sister Dawn. She's a special guest because she has overcome quite a bit in her life. She has gone through uh, many dangerous addictions, many danger, uh, many dangerous relationships, both on the friendship or so-called friendship and romantic relationships toxic relationships, as well as many, many reasons to never be sober the rest of her life. Uh, But at this point, she's come to over a year and a half uh, being sober, and she's quite free at this point, where she's feeling a lot of love for herself, a lot of love from God, and she is here today. Hi, Dawn. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Yes. Thank you for coming. Now, uh, I understand, Dawn, that's a great accomplishment, all this stuff you've overcome in your life uh, through your faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, Can you go ahead and give us a a rundown about the steps that you took to get to this point? Absolutely. Um, So during the time of uh, not being sober, I I was numbing my pain through substance abuse and uh, choosing not appropriate relationships for myself. And um, during that time, I wanted to get out of it because I was in such darkness and I was unhappy. So I went back to the basics. I went to praying, my praying and reading my scriptures every day. And I wasn't sober at that time, but I also didn't have people in my life who were um, good for me at that time. And I kept praying and reading, and I knew I had to remove anything and anybody that would prevent me from moving forward with my sobriety. And I did. And... I didn't have a lot of friends and um, I cut everything out, people out, everything that wasn't supporting my sobriety. I would pray and read every day and I would go to church and I was sober now and I felt happy and free and I was, you know, feeling close to my savior. Well, Um, I hadn't healed completely from previous trauma in my life and, uh, there was a trigger and it was a big trigger from something that was very painful from my past long ago. And, uh, I started feeling everything as the doors that were unlocked, the doors opened and flooded through everything that I locked away. So I walked to the field And I wanted to die because I didn't want to relive it, that pain. And I got on my knees and I paid God to take me home. I said, please, Heavenly Father, you don't need me. Choose someone else. I don't want to go through this again. Take me home so I can be with the ones that I lost. I don't want to do this. And then I remembered the Savior. 
that Christ, he does, he did this with me. He knows my suffering. He knows my pain. And that is why he died for me. And I changed my prayer. And I said, please heal me, Father. This hurt, this hurt when this happened and this hurt. Please heal me. And I cried for hours. And I had thoughts of wanting to off myself, suicidal thoughts that were not my own. And I sent the evil one away because I knew those were not my thoughts. And then an enormous amount of power came through my soul of healing. And it was the Savior's power. And I knew that I was healed from that trauma. I felt peace. I felt happy. And the next day I probably felt like a billion dollars. And I ran around everywhere, just walking around, just saying hi to everyone. I was so happy. And I just, I was seeing through my spiritual eyes for the first time without the extra. And I was free. And I, uh, I've been free. I say good things to myself, um, which is important and knowing my worth because God knows my worth. And I have been sober from everything. I don't, I, I don't have a lot of friends. I don't hang out. I don't have relationships. I just am happy and I'm at peace. And I always say it, results don't lie. Oh, almost a year and a half. But I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, but that's how I did it. Yeah, thank you for uh, going over that. So the other thing, too, that I, I wanted to ask about is like when... Um, that that moment when you said you felt triggered, right? And when you start feeling that trigger, like how painful do you think that moment was? And how hard was it to like say no to addictions at that point when you wanted so bad to just, you know, go back to using and stuff? Well, at that point, because I cut everything out, I didn't want to go back to that world because of how much pain that I had had transpired from it, from loss and everything. Um, no, I wanted to die, like literally. So when I said I begged God to take me, I wanted to die at that time. Right. Okay. Because at that point, like you knew it was really painful to go back to the addictions and, I didn't want to do and, and, you, did, and you didn't want to do it anymore. But you also had clarity too, right? Uh, like, because that's one of the things that I've been working with you and God's been working with through me to you, what I believe anyway, to explain to you what must be done when you really feel that moment of pain and you really feel that trigger and you really want to die. I said, that means you're about to feel and that you really need to, um, you know, if you turn to God and share those feelings with him, you know, even though that's going to be really painful, like that's, that's what's going to have to be done, right? So do you remember at that point when you were told that? I mean, did that come to mind of what you, that you had knowledge of what to do? Um, I think so. I I mean, it at the time I was just feeling everything. So the only thing I knew how to do was just pray. And that's to be honest. So 
the way that I prayed, and the way I mourned, that's, that's what I remembered. But I, it was not because of anything specific, if that's what you're asking. Okay. But you did, you did know in your prayer to tell God, like, what hurt and why it hurt. Or you, you, I, I did like how you went over, like, hey, uh, that God, this hurt and that hurt. Like, you, you went, you were telling him that that's pretty much going over, like, like I was talking before, like the love that was failed to be given to you, right? Like you deserved protection. You deserved to be loved. You didn't deserve to go through those horrible things. And like, not that you went into those specific details when you prayed, but you did tell him like, like, Hey, Heavenly Father, this hurt when I went through and this pain, of, this is also what's still hurting me. And um, I really like how you pointed that out because yeah, I, I really believe that. Like, you know, that's what happened with me too, right? And that's why I share that. Like, like this is, you know, if you share with God what hurts and why it hurts, that's going to cause grief to flow and you're going to start feeling like crazy, right? I see you shaking your head. Um, yeah, can you uh, elaborate how it felt when you were telling God what hurt and so forth? Well, the the best description was just wanting to die, <laughs> That's the best way I can put it. There's not much more I can go into detail. Okay. Which is fine. Because, yeah, I mean, at that point, like, it is so painful. And that's why it's easier to just wish to die or wish your pain away. Because uh, that's the other reason why we start wishing for death at that moment is because it is so painful and it is so horrible to relive those feelings again as if that was happening all over again right i didn't I, like you did mention that earlier too when you were like hey you know i don't want to live relive through this again right because you were going through some type of emotional flashback what i call the feeling monster when everything just hits you at once <laughs> and then it's like there's just so much it's raw buried up energy just hitting you like a ton of bricks you know, and then that's and that's why you get that overwhelming feeling, huh? Um, yeah, that's but that's exactly what I was saying. Okay, so and then and so that's what. Um, yeah, so I yeah understand that. So and yeah, I also know that's when. And I'll, yeah, I also like how you said that, hey, you were, even though you weren't staying sober, you were still using or still in bad relationships. You were still trying to go to church. You were still trying to read. You were still trying to pray. And, the, and from what I understand, you were still building yourself up with affirmations, right? Yes. Yeah. I was doing all those things. I was still praying and I was still reading, even though I wasn't sober. And I wasn't any any relationships at that time actually, but I, um, just saying previously and I just, I just continuously prayed no matter what. And I went to church and, you know, you don't have to go to church to be good, but I did those things because it helped me and yeah. Yeah. I, I remembered that too. Like you know, after using and so forth and still trying to pray and still trying to read scriptures, you would feel so much shame. Like, ah, oh, man, I don't want to approach God right now. I feel so much shame. Like, 
Do you think that, did you go through that as well? How you were just had to pray and go to church anyway, even though you were still using and stuff? Did you have a struggle with that? And if you did, how did you overcome it? Um, I used to, I used to do that. I used to like, I would go back and forth with church and uh, reading my scriptures and praying because whenever I messed up, I used to think that I wasn't worthy to pray. Like I would be a hypocrite if I did. And I used to feel that way. But this time, um, because of building myself up, even through that, saying good things to myself, having those positive thoughts about yourself and fighting through those intrusive thoughts really helps because if you know your identity with God and how much he loves you and what a precious, precious jewel we truly are to him, you start to see why it's important and that when you love someone, it doesn't matter as long as you hear from them, even if they mess up, even if it's they're not okay, because I'm not perfect. And, you know, even though I've accomplished so much, I'm not where I ought to be, but I'm not where I used to be, right. which is such a triumph for me. And I do, I do want to share with everyone. I want everyone to feel this peace and love because the leveling up that I have done within was just between me and God. I am not better than anyone. I am not above or below. But I do see that everyone has that in them. They, everybody has that greatness within. And once you see it, once you put Christ the center of your life, once he is the main, you become like him. Your heart changes to be like him through service, trying, loving, compassion, integrity, authenticity means everything to me. And that, that is the truth. That is what, when we put him as the center and we become like him, because we become like him, you become selfless. You become love. And that is peace. It is still an ongoing work. I still have to work. I still have to say good things to myself. There was a lot of damage that was done within my life since I was a child. But I am free. I am at peace. I have him. I don't have a lot of people around me and I don't have relationships. I'm not in any, but I have him. And that is my security. That is my peace. And that is my happiness. Yeah. So yeah, that that's beautiful. That's amazing. So the other thing too is, uh, that I have said this and other people who have also watched people in recovery that you have over, you have accomplished in what would normally take other people, including myself, like seven to 10 years and um, seven to 10 years, because one of the things that shows is that you don't seem to want your addictions. Like usually after your first year, 
uh, normally with people, there's still what they call white knuckle, <laughs> where they still really want their stuff really bad and they're still miserable because they're just finding a way to cope without it, but they still miss that thing so much. But you don't seem to miss it and you seem to be happier without it. And if anything, you seem repulsed by it. And so like, yeah, so uh, why do you think that is? I truly think and know this to be true because the Savior healed me. Because he healed me through trauma, I no longer need the subconscious want to numb pain because I know how to mourn. I know how to give it to the Savior. And it is through prayer. It is telling Father why it hurts, what hurts, asking to be healed. Specifically, it works. That's why. So that's testimony right there where you truly tested your faith and you got an experience from it. So you, you totally, uh, so yeah. So then you realize that, that feeling monster, right? That it's like, Oh man, this feeling monster is the reason why I could never see myself getting out of addictions because how painful it was. And, uh, one of the biggest reasons why this feeling monster is so scary is because it's so unknown. Uh, because anytime, usually when you bring up the fact of how scary everything is, uh, or how painful it is, you're usually society will teach you to just find an escape, find the, find someone to be with, call someone, which to be true, that there can be helpful at times because part of this is going to, you might need counseling, other trusted people you can talk with. Um, but at the same time, sometimes you just got to feel, and it's not always just, you have to analyze what it is. Because I was taught by that one channel therapy in a nutshell. Uh, she taught me that that it, sometimes analyzing the feelings too much distracts you from the actual feeling. And you get a, a, another, you get to skip out another day from experiencing the feeling monster. You know, so, um, uh, yeah. But, yeah, I'm really, really glad to, to hear that you went straight to the source, straight to the source. So now that you've had personal experience with this, um, how do you think this relates to the story in the Bible about how the serpent's head was raised and the people who were poisoned, all they had to do was just look, just look, and they would be healed? Um, how do you think you can relate to that story now? Well, it's it's very interesting that you said that because honestly, that's what mourning and praying is it's a simple it is a simple you know saying to do even though it's it like is hard and it's very painful simple but not easy but it's not easy yeah it's but not simple. it is simple it's a simple um like solution however it is very painful it it can be and um but it's like once you know that you have that relief and that peace and it's continuous love and peace. Then you think, okay, because future stuff that I even go through, you know, I have my battles, I have attacks, and and sometimes it's severe. I but I know who to cry to. I know who to mourn to. Cause this is future stuff. So and I know it's not gonna be that bad. After going through it, you're like, hey, I'd rather go through that than have years of pain and suffering and despair and death, you know, stuff like that. So, 
Oh, that's a brilliant point you just brought up. Exactly. Like you start realizing that you've traded so many years of your life and so much painful addictions and so much harm over this temporary moment of pain. Although it was excruciating pain, it was very scary. But um, because it's less unknown now, you know, and you go through it a couple of times, it's really not that bad. And it's actually part of growing up, you know, a part of expanding your consciousness in a way. Not that I like those terms, but even with people saying that, like, hey, you got to learn how to feel pain, as in you got to learn how to feel. But as you as you also know, and as I also know that there's also a difference, though, between just feeling bitter and just stuck in self-pity or just feeling bitter and complaining, like, why me? Why does this have to happen? Why do I have to go through this pain? Or um, yeah, you won't know. <laughs> yeah, and you're just so angry and bitter. You can cry for hours and hours and never get better. And so I've always said, like, hey, well, that's because you're, well, for one, that's not true. Because most of that bitterness is you're saying things to yourself like, well, I'll never be happy. Well, I'll never be true. I'll, I'll always be alone. Or I'll never get out of this addiction. You know, you know, you start start giving your doomsday prophecy thinking type of thing. And you start getting bitter and thinking, oh, poor me, you know. And it's just like, well, for one, that's not true. And two, that pain is never ending, right? Um, have you been able to experience the difference between getting through the actual grief and knowing what the grief is versus just being stuck in bitterness and, and pity? Yes, um, definitely. You definitely, I definitely didn't sit there and say, woe is me. And go back like, well, why did this happen? Or if I would have done this differently, uh, that being specific, you don't want to um, beat yourself up and do the woe is me and the despair because you're going to relive something that can't be healed because you're stuck in a hog, you know, groundhog day because you, you're reliving it. You are reliving it over and over. And you're like, I... You know, this did it, you, and it's just intrusive thoughts. But sometimes you have to fight it. Sometimes you have to say it out loud what is intrusive. I still do. I still have to say things to myself out loud to fight these thoughts. And it, it, it is. You do have, it is always a work in progress. You can always be better than yesterday. And I'm, by all means, I am not perfect. I definitely am not. But um, yeah, that's what I would, um, my best explanation is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, that bitterness, I mean, yes, it, if you, I mean, we all gonna, I mean, I've done it, you've done it. I'm pretty sure you've done it, been stuck in bitterness for a while and you're just kind of stuck there forever. <laughs> um, I mean, in the past, you know, uh, through these learning things. And I do think that, um, it is nice to know the difference and it's nice to know that, Hey, you, you know, if you, you focus, well, not even focus. Sometimes you just got to feel and yell. I remember going through some uh, feeling emotional flashbacks where all I did was just yell and scream and hit the steering wheel in my car as I was driving. And I was just like, ah, let it all out, man. I didn't even know where it came from. But I could tell you, I felt really, I felt so much better. I felt like a million bucks the next day. <laughs> uh, so... I also like that too. I can, I remember like the first time I went through the feeling monster, or the emotional flashback, so to speak, where I did feel like I wanted to die. I was so scared. I, 
really, really wanted to use so bad because of how scared and painful, how much the pain was. But I was trying to make such a strong, honest effort to not use anymore. And I remember when I was just like pacing back and forth and trying to pray for more strength and pace some more until I finally got down and I prayed and I said, well, go ahead go ahead and hurt me, go ahead, <laughs> you know, thinking that, like, like, even God's going to reject me, and I'm going to, you know, be nowhere, and, uh, but it was just really great what happened after that, I just, I, I, I cried some grief, I felt hugged by the Spirit of God, um, oh, yes, did you also experience that when you were, whenever you grieved, do you ever feel like, this external force feel like it's surrounding you and hugging you? I know I experienced that many times. Um, well, there was a difference between the healing power of the Savior and that power was different. But yes, I have felt the comfort, a warm blanket covering me like a hug. And But the healing power through the Savior was more or less like... Um, like a piece of power surging through my veins and knowing that it was healing. It was not just a comfort. It was everything. And it always boils down to the simple, back to the basics, is coming to Christ, being like him, trying to be like him, because the more I try to be like him, the closer I feel to him. And the more peace still resides through me. Just because I got healed doesn't mean I don't have to work for it. I still have to do all that I can. But for him, I do it all over again. And so going over this here about how you can see how um, pain is, uh, how pain can be a good thing, right? Like how I remember going over that one of my podcasts in that scripture in DNC 19, how the Savior hated that, well, didn't hate it, but he still remembers how painful that Garden of Gethsemane was. And he talked about how the bitter cup was so bitter that he said that even him, the greatest of all, was crumbling and quaking because of pain of both body and spirit. And to the point, he didn't even want to do it. But at the end, he said, glory be to the Father that I finished. Like he was still glad and still saw it as a good thing in the end. And so I, I do appreciate the contrast of knowing pain. And of knowing the joy and freedom to experience both sides, like because of the dark pain, I swear it's, I feel so much more joy and love through Jesus Christ than I did as if I had not known this pain. Uh, what's your, what's your experience on that? Well, it's definitely, if I did not experience what I experienced I would not know this great amount of peace. You know, it goes back to the story of Adam and Eve, how she knew that if they had not taken the fruit of knowledge 
of good and evil, they would not be able to reproduce, have children, and no pain. For they didn't know joy, they didn't know pain. You know, and and that's real life. Like, you have to know pain to know that joy and peace. And it is. It is great. It is totally worth it to, you know, because everybody's pain matters. Everybody's trauma matters. It's, it is pain, grief. There are levels of grief and there is levels of all those, all degrees of pain and trauma. But the peace, because you know how painful it was, that's why it feels amazing. Because you're like, you took my thorn out? You took my pain? That, that is what just, it's just a different world. You see things differently when you become like him. Yeah, so the, the pain that, yeah, I, I would never thought, like, now I'm at the point where I'm, like, thanking God that I went through pain. I am thanking him for my trials. I am thanking him because it was such a beautiful refinement. It was such a a, a beautiful experience to be able to go there, experience in hell, but then get healed from the grief as if, like, that said hell didn't happen, but it did. But, because you can still remember how painful it was, but... It, you don't dwell on it because the grief is gone. And I, I understand it's like not an overnight grief fix. I mean, I've had to heal multiple times over a year. Um, I, I mean, not over a year, multiple years, sorry. Uh, sounds like you had to feel a few times over yourself, right? It wasn't just an overnight thing or, or was it? And it's okay if it was. Well, um, for the previous trauma, it was that one night because I, I was taking everything to him. Um, literally, but I was specific with my prayer with healing, like heal me, this hurts and this hurts. So yes, he did. He did heal my past and my everything from grief. Well, grief is, um, cause I still miss my ones that I've lost. However, the other stuff I, um. I am free from, and I'm not saying every single person heals the same because not everybody is the same, but for me, that's what happened. All right. Yeah. So yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your, your testimony, your experience, um, Really, I really do think we kind of went into a little more detail of what it really feels like to get hit by that feeling monster, that ton of bricks when you're trying to sober up, you know, and and what happens if you can take that courageous step to exercise faith in Jesus Christ when your faith is, you know, when your back's against the wall and you're, you really can't afford to go back to keep using, but yet if you feel these feelings for one more second, you're going to die or, you know, or you think you're going to be in this never ending pain of despair. And, and it's, and it's so was temporary. Like Jesus healed you. Uh, not that you didn't experience pain because you still experienced the pain as you shared it with him, but you know, it, it's still a beautiful thing. And uh, really, really so happy. I, I really have to tell you with my sister because 
I remember when I was going through my recovery journey and trying to uh, put this all together so I could help other people. I remember when I was trying to help my sister, uh, God would counsel me to like be a better brother. He was like, look, man, you need to be her friend, build her up every chance you get, you build her up. And so I just said, okay. And every time she would call me or every time I would call her, I would say, awesome sister Dawn. (laughs) 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 And, uh, and I always just built her up and, I never, and I always got in trouble if I ever lectured her because God would be like, don't you dare lecture her, son. Don't you dare do it. You can only, you can educate her on the choices of good and bad of the consequences and let her choose, but you cannot lecture her and tell her what she should and shouldn't be doing. And, uh, yeah, it wouldn't work. (laughs) I'm a stubborn woman. (laughs) Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm really, I'm, and so it's just really beautiful too. And I really love that experience because as I'm over there trying to do my best to serve God, I start realizing what kind of a person God is. And he is a builder. He is looking to support. He is looking to educate. He's looking to pick you up and he's not looking to condemn. He's not looking to, you know, lecture and tell you, you suck. You should be doing this. You should be doing that. Like, no. Uh, that's the natural man. That's society. That is that evil and Satan manipulating that. Uh, yeah, God is, God is good. And, uh, thank you so much for sharing your, your testimony with the world because, uh, people all over the world, let this be a witness that Jesus Christ is alive. He wants to heal. He wants to love you. He wants to take, he wants to build you up, support you. And he's trying all the time to do so. And I I know it's simple. I know it's hard, man. It's simple, but it's so hard. But if you just make an honest effort to test your faith, to really ask God in that time of vulnerability, uh, if you share the grief with him of what's hurting and, and asking them to kill you at that time of vulnerability, we're experiencing those horrible feelings and withdrawal pains. That you can break free, man. You can break free. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And as you can see, like uh, you know, I myself and my sister also, when when our recovery journeys, like we kept using, but we kept trying to pray. We kept making an honest effort to go to church, make an honest effort to read in our scriptures and pray and. Um, you know, just keep going, she's keep going because as I was trying to help my sister, she was still using, she was still in those bad relationships, but God just kept telling me like, you be her friend, you build her up, you love her, you support her, you educate her like, yes, sir, right away, sir. <laughs> and, uh, cause that, that's how God was treating me the whole way too, though my whole journey even though my sister did what I could not within one year, and it took me about seven, <laughs> um, you know, like the God was over there explaining that to me. Like, I tried to tell you, son, I tried to tell you sooner. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I know it's hard, man. I know life is hard and I know pain sucks, uh, but pain can be a good thing. Although you're not going to say that till you get 
the grief healed and things are better. Of course, you're never going to say that in the moment. But after you end and you look back on it, you're like, wow, what an amazing moment. I mean, what in a, what a journey, what a journey. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, before I close, Dawn, did you have any last words? Um, just keep going. Don't give up and don't you quit. Even if one person just hears this, I want you to know that I love you because God loves you and I love God. And you keep going no matter what. Thank you, bro, for having me. I love your family. I love my nephews and I love your wife. Um, it's been a blessing to be here. And I love you. Love you too, awesome sister Doran. Love you, everyone.